Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 14 of Unconstrained Conversations. I'm really excited to have a very special episode today with three guests rather than just one guest. Today, we're talking about Opportunity 2020, six months later. In February of this year, over 400 revenue management enthusiasts gathered in London at an annual conference called Opportunity 2020. The room was buzzing with energy and optimism, and everyone was looking forward to a great year. Six months later, we find ourselves in a world and an industry which has gone through the worst crisis in recent history. I gathered some key speakers from Opportunity 2020 conference to have a discussion about the world today and what opportunities they see for the industry going forward. My special guests on this very special episode today are Dr. Ravi Marotra, co-founder, president, and chief scientist at Ideas, Ali Northfield, founder and managing director of Revenue by Design, who organized the conference, and Kim Kapadia, chief commercial officer at Aprirose Real Estate Investment based in the UK. Enjoy the episode. Ali, I'm going to kick off with you. Why are we here today and why are we talking about a, a kind of a, a Opportunity 2020 uh, Revisited? Yeah, I mean, I think um, Opportunity 2020, um, for those of you that are not familiar with it, was a conference we ran in February. The conferences are designed to give revenue managers a view to the future, um, so what they should be thinking about for the year ahead. Um, and this one was called Man versus Machine. Um, the idea being that we wanted to explore the um, the synergies between new developments in technology such as um, artificial intelligence and machine learning. Um, and so we looked at that from um, three viewpoints. One in terms of how the revenue management role would change as a result of these developments. Secondly, what would we be doing as revenue managers? So um, in, in terms of what would our day-to-day um, -day activities look like? And then thirdly, we wanted to look at how that would impact other areas of distribution. So, um, so that was the, the conference, and it looked at really um, some of the challenges around that, but very much um, focused on a very positive future. So, um, so, um, so we had no real idea at the time um, the impact that this um, that, um, that COVID nineteen would have on on the entire world. Um, and so, uh, I guess it's time, yeah, to revisit some of the thoughts and. Um, thoughts and ideas that came out of that. So obviously, um, Ravi and Klaus, um, you took um, uh, pride of place on the stage and had some great ideas that we talked about at the time. So yeah, that's that's where we here were we at are. the conference. Six yeah, months here, we here we are six months later, right? All remote. <laughs> yeah, almost. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Sorry, go ahead, Ravi. No, I said, well, it reminds me of the old saying, change, in fact, is the only constant, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right. exactly. Well, we did talk a lot about uncertainty and we did talk about uh, kind of dealing with the man versus machine. Um, and, and that's going to be the, the main conversation kind of themes today. Um, what's changed um, and, and how do we deal with the current uncertainties that are all around us? And is the, the, the level between man and machine or the things, have, how have they evolved? And, and change being the only constant, as Ravi said, Kim, kind of, I'm going to start off with you. 
Um, obviously, being based in the UK, right, a very, very tough environment over the last uh, few months there. And, and luckily, your pubs have just reopened. So I guess it's going to be much better, better uh, uh, now with everyone. You need the weather now. <laughs> right? You need the weather. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Uh, so, so change, you know, the, Ravi and I on, the, on this presentation or this panel talk back in February, we talked about people are afraid of change and, and the only way of overcoming that is to actually do the change that you're afraid of. Um, I'm sure there are a lot of things that have changed in your life over the last few months. <laughs> uh, give us a couple of the examples that uh, the change that you've been exposed to and um, how tough has it been to go through that and, and, and what have you been implementing? Yeah. Um, okay, I, I mean, I thought I'd choose two <clears throat> two examples, one from a prehistoric age, um, quite a long time ago, and then one more recently with the only with the constant being exactly the same, which is, um, I think again, referred to in your original discussion, um, taking on the, the 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 thing that you're most fearful of um, in order to get over that fear, if you like. Way back in my when I, when I thought <laughs> when I thought <laughs> when I thought revenue management was absolutely only about bedrooms and no other revenue came into it whatsoever. And rooms were far more important than anything else on the planet. Um, and um, a my line manager at the time said from tomorrow, you're going to be responsible for conference and banqueting. Well, after having got up from the lie down I had to take because I had created so many bad relationships in conference and banqueting. <laughs> and so I had so many bridges to build. Um, and it was a very clever move on, on, that, on that man's part because I literally from the next day almost had to take on an area that I had what I thought was no, exper well, I had no experience whatsoever. Uh, really quite scared, and over the course of the next few months, I hate I hated that manager for a long time, and then realised that, in actual fact, that's probably one of my career changing moments when I realised how effective that move had been to take on the accommodation and the uh, the thing. Mm. It was a long time ago, even before total revenue management and Trev Parr and all of this really became um, hot topics. So it's quite a visionary thing to do. That's a small example. Then, and then there have been, I suppose, more recently, the um, for me, one of the biggest challenges, and I think this might get even bigger um, for those in our community going forward, is to influence and convince those um, decision makers that have the power to um, invest now in things that potentially they don't see an ROI immediately. Now, whether that obviously is technology such as revenue management systems, we recently had to do this in the company where I am now in order to um, uh, uh, rebuild a, a group of hotels um, who we had bought a couple of years ago. And the biggest it um, wasn't so much the fear of doing, uh, of influencing, but trying to get um, uh, everybody to agree that talking about data, talking about trends, talking about analysis and technology and, and how our customers, our consumers need it was probably the single 
biggest, most difficult thing I've um, had to do because the the audience is not a hotel audience and doesn't come from a hotel background uh, or even hospitality background. So, um, and notwithstanding what's happened now, that was um, that was a success. Uh, took, took quite some time and, and was being rolled out more than ever now to go, go back to the table and have those same discussions with no revenue at the top, nothing at the top of the P&L really, a little bit starting, but ask for more cost to be, you know, more money to be spent is, mm-hmm. is quite a big is quite a big deal. And I'm, I'm really passionate about this because I just think um, we have, such a big, I know to use, use the term, but we have such a big opportunity now, um, bigger than people realise. And it, there's going to be this fear through everybody. And if we can just take that theme of, right, grab that fear, do something about it, um, and, and you'll be the fastest off the mark to do well out of it. But uh, Well, I guess you could choose, yeah, you could choose to stand still or you could choose to take your fear head on and, and, and deal with it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not just switch off, you know, this this whole thing of let's just switch everything off because all the all the algorithms, all the all the the, the, the rules and regulations that used to determine demand have, have now gone. Half the yeah. competitors are closed. So why bother with a comp set anymore? And, you know, all these. And it's, it's wow. These, right. these big fears. Yeah, yeah, certainly a, a whole bunch of uncertainty and and uh, well, change and uncertainty out there. Ravi, you, you and I we talked on the on the panel about uh, the the dealing with the risk of uncertainty and the concept of kind of modeling reality, which you've been passionate about for the last thirty years. Um, now we have the biggest uncertainty in the world ever, I would say, for the industry. Right, so that's some of the things that um, uh, Kim just described. So reality is very very different today than it was a few months back and, and uncertainties all around us. So how has your thinking evolved over the last few months um, uh, about uncertainty, the real world, and how it's changing? Well, Klaus, allow me to introduce this idea that I'll call crisis management, which, by <laughs> the way, needs no clarification right now. Even something substantially significant but unexpected happens. What's our first reaction? Our first instinct is to protect our business and then try to understand and manage the situation and try to restore normality. The crisis acts like an unpredictable rival, if you like, that must control for the purpose of returning to normality. But there is no way to assure that we will be able to return to a familiar pre-crisis reality. Pandemics, wars, all these social crises often create new attitudes, new needs, and new behaviors, which I'm sure you're seeing all around you, which we need to manage. I believe, and I still believe, it is the imagination that allows us the ability to create models of the new reality that has not been a part of our experience. Models that allow us to rationally tap the new reality. It is, in fact, imagination that plays a vital factor in allowing us to create these new opportunities and find new paths to move forward. Look, I understand that imagination is difficult to pursue under pressure. However, companies that are able to do so can gain substantial value 
In recessions and downturns, companies that invest in new growth areas outperform their competitors and can achieve better success than before. I'll give you one example that comes to mind. In the year 2001, when the US economy experienced a recession that contributed to a 33% drop in Apple's total revenue, 33% drop in their revenue, Apple actually saw the opportunity to transform its product portfolio and increase their R&D spending by double digits. Their revenues were going down by 33% and they increased their R&D spending by double digits. What did that result into? It resulted into the launch of iTunes store, iPod models, and it resulted in their high growth. I'm sure you can think of many other examples, such as Uber and Airbnb. So a pandemic is not necessarily a cloud with no silver lining. Every cloud, as you have heard, the silver lining, and sometimes it takes imagination to see that silver lining. So you're seeing this as an opportunity, clearly, to, um, uh, and everyone in this in this uh, conversation has to mention opportunity at least once, right? So, uh, <laughs> so Kim talked about the opportunity for investment purposes and growth. You're talking about the opportunity from a, from a, uh, Kind of R and D and an investment opportunity as well, Robbie. Correct. Um, that's yes, what I'm absolutely. hearing. Um, and 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 uh, Ali, over to you. The, the the opportunity that you see around man man versus machine, uh, the big conversation or the big discussion we had back in February. Do you feel there's there's opportunity to balance that now better, or or you has your thinking completely changed over the last six months? Um, there's two sides to that. I think. Um, so on the one hand, um, we can see how, um, it has to be man and machine, which is something I think Ravi was really clear on in terms of, um, really working together and certainly in terms of, um, the revenue management system environment, for example, um, you, we need to, as humans inform our systems what has happened because there, there is no way that a machine would know that. And so that's a really, um, a rather harsh, but very real example of, um, the, the two working together. Um, and I think as well, from my point of view, um, the, the, the efficiencies that we could have gained from uh, machine learning or we can gain from machine learning and from um, really um, we discussed removing some of the the uh, more mundane elements of revenue management. I think if we had that now, it would be really much easier for hotels to work and to progress and to move on. And for me, it's almost like that can't come too quickly. So I think from a hotelier perspective, there is a lot out there from a technology perspective. And to Ravi's comment, I think there will be, in the face of adversity, people will find new innovative ways to work. So I'm looking forward to really balancing the two sides of man and machine. So I guess the, the man versus machine, if I was being really honest, was just 
much easier to work with from a marketing point of view <laughs> than <laughs> man and machine. <laughs> Next time, <laughs> say, say man and woman or human. <laughs> and that was, that was That's right. too complicated. Right. <laughs> too complex. <laughs> Yeah, sorry about the man part, right? I know, no, don't, help, don't, don't even start that. We have right, that right. already. <laughs> but just um, can, I, can I ask a question? Sorry. Sorry, Ali. Uh, Kim, sorry. Can I ask a question just on that point, though, in terms of, because if you, how, how do we tell um, the world or perhaps the, the generation of, I guess, revenue managers um, coming through the ranks now that may not have experienced um, anything like this. I mean, we've experienced similar, some of us, but certainly nothing to this scale um, that, that, that suggests that we need to, bearing in mind we weren't there with revenue management yet in terms of where it should be. There's still a lot of gut. There's still a lot of intuition when, that goes into decision-making as opposed to the, the science. So how can we now take this opportunity? It's, it's, it's a half a rhetorical question to almost um, convince people that the, as you say, said Ravi so well, the scientific, the science, the rules don't change. They're relatively static, but reality does. There's never a better example of how reality really quite quickly has changed. So therefore to reconfigure, as you said, Ali, or take the, the rules and science and apply it to this new reality is, is okay. It's not as, it sounds like it's like, well, how on earth, you know, and it's almost like, how do you simplify it? Again, referred to in the original discussions about keeping things simple to a point that everybody understands it, that, that we need it. Does, does that make sense? It's, it's such a big, there's this thing that nobody knows. Let's just give it a go. And it's a good, yeah, yeah. It's a good point. But the science, the science never changes, but it's the reality that changes, right? And wow, has it not? Has it changed? My God! Right, you know. right. Ravi, do you want to comment on that at all? Uh, I know yeah. you're very passionate about that. Well, uh, let me start with this: that I think, I think we really need imagination more than ever before. Mm. I believe yeah. that with imagination, we can better than merely helping our clients. <clears throat> Back to a new environment. We now have an opportunity to show them how they can thrive by shape it. To do this, we need to help them strategize across multiple time scales, each requiring perhaps a different style of creative thinking. Now let's take this uh, situation today. First, our client's initial emphasis will be on rapid reaction and defense. And yeah. we are help our clients with our experience as we speak. Next, their focus will shift to constructing and implementing plans to endure the economic recession to follow. Once again, we will work together with our collective experience to help our clients through that phase. We have seen results before, and we know what happens when you get into it. Yeah. You may not know how long it might last, but you do know that will recover. And therefore, next, uh, their focus will shift to constructing and implementing plans to endure the situation as it starts to change. Finally, as the session starts to subside, their focus will shift rebounding, making adjustment to portfolio channels as they seek to exploit the recovering demand. If we rely on experience alone, we will certainly be able to help them with recovery. But we can do a lot more for our clients 
if you use imagination. Yeah. And our client can do more using imagination. Over time, as the situation improves, and imagination will allow them to shift their focus to reinventing, seeking opportunity in adversity by applying more creative, creative approaches to a strategy. Because I agree that experience is important. Experience certainly comes in very handy with traditional plan-based strategies. But those won't work today. It is imagination that will lead us to visionary and future-shaping strategies which go beyond acting reactive measures to the stage where we are helping our clients to identify and shape future strategic opportunities. As I said before, Someone very wise said hot clouds have a silver lining. It takes imagination to see that silver lining. All crises contain seed of opportunity. Many businesses now will likely find a new and better life during after the crisis if they harness their imagination. It may be difficult to focus on imagination. It may even seem like a fuller's indulgence in crisis, but in actuality, it's a necessity for building future success. So let us use that imagination to show our clients silver lining in the cloud that are being over them today. We need to make our clients successful, and we will do so with our collective imagination. This will include inventing new models of reality, more investment in technology, and looking at how the behavior and the needs of the people are going to evolve and change in incorporating new ideas to satisfy their needs moving into the future. And that makes it very inclusive because yeah. it includes those with experience and those without but have enough imagination to help add to the experience. So it makes it all very inclusive. Yeah, and I think the, the, the key point here is that, I mean, that's it's nicely said, right? And if you, if you talk about imagination, I guess, you also talk about let's not... Don't try and think how you're going to get back to February or January. Think about how you're going to get to the ideal state that you can imagine, right? So actually experience might be not the most optimal thing right now to draw back on because you're like, well, let's, how do we get back to January is not the right answer, right? It's how do we make the best out of the situation and what could be rather than what has been, right? I guess that's the that's the big message here. Krauss yeah. said it extremely well, because I don't think anyone of us really had experienced what we are experiencing today. And therefore, we have to think of interpreting what's going on in the reality today and look at it and use our imagination to figure out the best answers. Yeah. Yeah, Ali, what are you seeing in your in your world? Um, imagination, experience. So <laughs> <laughs> I think hoteliers really need to, on a practical level, I'm bringing it down to sort of today, um, really start to think outside of the box, working from um, market segments that we've classically very clunkily defined um, very, very blunt edges in terms of really managing them typically. Um, so it's really a case of um, of looking at how yeah, we build this space business of being imaginative about it. But also I think we need to change the way we view how we purchase technology and how we define business requirements. 
from uh, what we need from technology. I, agree. I think many times um, many hoteliers are wedded to older systems. They have a fear of, of, of change, as Ravi said, and that um, holds back the industry because it encourages systems that are perhaps not working for us to continue rather than going for newer systems that give us more opportunity, um, that allow us to look at um, our data in the same way. Um, sorry, but with more innovation wrapped, wrapped around that. I think also um, we need to um, think about the, the use of technology in enhancing the customer journey. So many times you see hotels buy systems for operational reasons because it streamlines something on the front desk or because housekeeping is going to benefit. Or, and there, there, there's nothing wrong in that. It's just that the customer journey side um, or the facing side of technology doesn't add up at the moment. It doesn't knit together. We're not seeing in many cases the addition of, of certain multiple sources of data being fed into a demand management scenario. So we miss out on half the opportunity mm. because we can't see that customer behavior. So for me, it's really important to, to change that mindset of customer facing technology to get a journey that is pleasant because we're not having a nice journey in, in the world at the moment. We just need to be able to offer people some level of, of decent hospitality with some respect for how customers make decisions and how they behave. But I can already see, I had the fortune or misfortune or however you want to say it, of actually staying in hotels a couple of times. And uh, during this period, uh, and, and in fact, it was uh, a few weeks ago. And I was surprised to see how uh, my level of comfort in staying in the hotels now has increased exponentially. It was a completely touchless affair. I was surprised to see that innovation we talk about in the abstract, the hoteliers sometimes have started to do it in practice. Uh, I stayed in the hotel for roughly three days. Nobody came clean my room. They, once they sanitize it, they uh, leave it there until you request and when you reach, they will come and re-sanitize everything. So people, their cost of actually cleaning rooms instead of going up is actually going down. Because once you start staying in the room for long stays, you don't want uh, to have to worry about making it safe again. So people are starting to change. People are starting to realize how behavior, human behavior will change and how to start to accommodate these new needs. I'm beginning to see it happening. And as I said, my comfort level in staying in hotels has rebounded to an order of magnitude higher than I was the first time when I thought I was, you know, I had no option but to go in there. Mm. So I can see those changes happening. And I think that some of the hotels, things are starting to rebound and how hotels give it this new situation can actually lead them to a way where they can be further ahead than their competitors if they do their things. Ali, were you talking from a technology perspective, kind of on the customer journey and, and just understanding the data, or you were talking about kind of what Ravish is kind of alluding to? I was very much, very much talking about the very much talking about the customer journey um, mm. from the technology point of view. So um, I find it admirable the way the hotel industry has responded to um, keeping people feeling safe. Um, 
thousands of new operational procedures, which everybody is wrapped up in at the moment, which are just um, phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. The response has been great. We're struggling to open often with very few rooms on the books, but it's giving us an opportunity to practice, which is excellent. It's the technology side of the customer journey, mm. which, um, and that's, um, that's outside of the hotel. So we might have um, the the, the um, completely touch-free environment inside the hotel. Why can't we get a digital flow that good outside of the hotel on, you know, on our journey there? Um, it's, right. um, you know, when it's important, we do it. Um, but exactly. when we can't see that it's important, we don't. And that's the frustration. Kim, do you want to, did you want to add anything from your perspective? Yeah, I mean, it, it almost ties into one of, um, you know, what, what's the opportunity going forward is a continuation of this. Um, so both from an operational perspective, as you say, Ali, but also, which you also said, in, in technology forms a different, it takes a different position in the hierarchy of um, decision making, um, mm -hmm. particularly for hotels. And I think I think that's starting. If we can, um, you know, almost tag on to this momentum, which is an unfortunate way we've had to learn that we can do it, yeah. but keep it moving and snowballing. You know, we were starting, just starting to talk of, instead of just ROI, talk about ROE, funnily enough, return on expectation or experience. So why not just, you know, um, take it a step further almost, and ROI becomes return on imagination. Um, <laughs> what the KPI you've just created there, Robin? Um, <laughs> seriously. Um, but why not? You know, and and you know, I, I heard a, a you know, I heard recently where going into hotel. I mean, this is crazy. You know, going into hotel restaurant, sitting down, and um, being given if you haven't got your phone with you, being given one which has an app. You choose your your, your food off um off an app the food comes to you i mean it, it's incredible three months ago we, we would we would have been struggling in in many 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 hotels to even dream that that was possible or that somebody was going to take away our breakfast buffet what you know yeah. and, and it, it is a new normal and i think that's the element of going forward how do we um uh, capitalize on the new normal Imagining a hotel that was built for conferences. It was built for M&E. It's now, um, you know, pretty much dead. What are we going to do? Let it die because it was built for, for, for conventions and meetings and events or reimagine its, its purpose, even for the short term, to create the base that then allows, you know, the other um, segments to return. But... Um, that's why it's, it's actually could be quite exciting where this could mm -hmm. go because it could go anywhere. You know? I love the concept of imagination, right? If you just if you just let your, like yeah. you said, right, what do you do with an asset that's now no longer kind of appropriate, right? Absolutely. Well, maybe you can reimagine it, right? That's uh, that's yeah. very very beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Um, so back in February, we we did talk about a lot of the opportunities, and I did hear everyone mention opportunity already. Um, <laughs> I was too scared. I had to mention it. <laughs> and, and I remember a conversation uh, I had in one of my podcasts a couple of weeks back with the head of sales and marketing of Delaware North, which is a big leisure company in the um, US. And he said, you know, if we wouldn't have spent the last three years investing in the technology components, we would have been in a huge uh, world of hurt, as he mentioned it, right? Uh, but they made the 
you know, I guess the the the, the very wise choice at that time to uh, to uh, replace their RMS and the CRM and the CRS, and the PMS, and they put it all in the cloud and they made it all speak to each other. And and um, he said, if we wouldn't have done that, then we would have been in a very different situation than we are today. So yeah. they they think themselves lucky, which is what you're referring to, um, Ali, right? Um, and and we did see coming back into your to your question about the revenue management component um, and the man versus machine. We we as a company we had to go into the system and tell and tell the machine what's going on. Right? There's yeah. just no way the machine can know. So even in this instance, that the human, not the man, the human, um, had to had to go and make sure that the science, you know, is able to act appropriately given the circumstances around the world that are happening. And and we're now going back and and reverting some of those changes we made back in March and April to tell the system, well, this period is now, you know, exactly. fading. And uh, now we need to go back and, and put the new reality on top of that, which is not the old, old reality, it's the newer mm -hmm. reality, right? So we, we're constantly adjusting the, the yeah. machine as well. So a good point, it has to be both. But what are some of the opportunities that you're excited about, even in this very, very kind of difficult moment? Uh, what, what, what are you looking forward to? Yeah, other than the, the the few couple of points we just mentioned in terms of, you know, segmentation, I think is, you know, this could be it. This could be when we actually make a change to um, uh, segmentation in terms of, uh, <laughs> but I won't hold my breath just yet. But even, you know, I started to talk a very touch on competitors. Um, and I'm talking about this a lot at the moment with many hotels um, in, in terms of who, who are they now, should should we be considering the wider markets um, than just a benchmark set of competitors? And therefore, what do you put into your systems when you're re reconfiguring competitors? Um, and and this, this to me is a, we, we've always been very and quite understandably hung up on market share uh, in terms of um, whether it's RGI or, or even TRGI um, from, from a total revenue perspective. I wonder if this is an opportunity to um, potentially move those goalposts a little bit and, and maybe change the way market share and its, and its focus or importance. It has to be there. We all, we all know when everything else falls apart, where do you look for a uh, performance. You look at market share, mm -hmm. um, but maybe there's a way of of, sh of showing that differently. So um, I don't know if that answers the question, but I'm quite yeah. excited about uh, that. Um, yeah. that I thought you would have a list of, of 10 things you actually, wanted to you do. You said we've only got 35 minutes, so yes. I thought we had three hours. <laughs> Here's the 10 things I always wanted to do, but I was always told no, told no and now I'm taking them out. Really? <laughs> um, Ravi, what about you before we close off with Ali? What, what do you see as the big opportunities right now? I think I see opportunity for us and our clients and opportunity for us is to use this learning that the next time something similar happens, we will not have to reinvent it. And the machine would know that it had experienced this before and to switch. So for example, now I'm thinking of team forecasting, where there is a forecasting system that switches forecasting technique in an automatic way, when it realizes that history is no longer relevant, 
and therefore what is happening now has to be forecasted based on memoryless forecasting which has no memory of what happened in the past but okay let's look at what's happening today and start doing that. and then patterns start to repeat or as normality starts to restore to something it recognizes then it switches back so now we are focused to solving this problem will enhance our systems and solutions in a manner that this will no longer be uh, 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 we will no longer have to repeat this experience and the relearning every time something new happens so this is a wake up call for us to look at designing systems that can cope with such demand drastic changes thanks for yeah. that from from my perspective before we let ali finish I, i'm most, most excited about the kind of the opportunity to do more in the commercial area and i'm sure that'll that'll yeah. excite kim um you know i think for too many time for, for too many years and ali i'm sure agrees to that too is we had this you know a very siloed approach right revenue management and then we have the marketing systems and we have the sales systems and we have distribution systems and and we've had these conversations over the last 18 months you know how do you bring all this together and provide the commercial leaders like him um with the right information to turn on the right tabs and create the right revenue flows right so i think what what excites me most is being on this journey of of how do we infuse science into marketing infuse sales with science infuse distribution with science right move towards this total revenue management but total commercial approach right and provide the commercial function with the right decisions sorry ravi i'm i'm seeing you want to interject we have to do a lot more with machines now because we'll have to learn to do a lot more with less true Exactly. you cannot afford to have a revenue manager at each property you cannot afford to do things that uh, you cannot afford to work in the way you were working in the past these things will have to be centralized and these things will have to be done using a lot of hot machine horsepower so that few humans can manage much larger states in an economical way very well said i'm sure that's music to ali's ears too ali <laughs> that, um it is indeed i mean and certainly in all honesty it's exactly where i was going i mean i think i'm looking forward to the innovation that's going to come out of this um and ideally some synergies across different commercial uh, profit centers um but i do have to say you know i think that some people will be forced to really evaluate how they look at the revenue management role and you can see it happening right now with some of the brands losing teams of revenue managers Yes. um yes. but the revenue function doesn't disappear so i can see some kind of hybrid of automation um and service delivery together um uh, to provide hotels with something that um you know that they can they um, that they can afford and and is reliable and and retains the skills that they need to to really reflect um new advances in 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 this sphere so yeah for me that's um where we're going to go And so think, what I'm hearing sorry go sorry. ahead Kim No just very quickly I think it that alludes back to the point of maybe the role of the traditional revenue manager doesn't necessarily become obsolete but because mm. it's being replaced by or technology is replacing much of the mundane tasks as as you said yeah. um, maybe the role changes quite you know quite quite significantly um that that allows it to fuse in with the sales the marketing the distribution and so on so absolutely so so we have we have the opportunity for 2020 and beyond uh you know let your imagination play and make sure that human and machine 
work <laughs> together in the right balance, right? Is that a good summary? It's very perfect. 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 Yeah, it's a lovely. good elevator speech for an elevator you're not allowed to enter anymore. So, uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, with Let's that, I want to I want to thank you so much for the time. I know you're you're all crazy busy and and uh, you know either reopening hotel or re reimagining hotels, reimagining revenue management, and reimagining you know, commercial function like Ali is doing. So thank you for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you. And thank uh, you, uh, thank you for, for the conversation. Thank you very much. That's all. Thank Stay you. safe. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you very much for listening. And I hope you found this episode valuable for your own business circumstances. Check out the show notes, link to the episode, help more people in the industry find this podcast by sharing and rating. And don't forget to subscribe to the series wherever you listen to it.